0: preacher. uh, I'm going to say this. That's a blessing to hear my notes quoted by you guys. I'm going to say this. You can ask any preacher, uh, uh, one of the biggest fears is to spend time at your study desk in prayer and asking God, God, what do you want me to preach on? And then the, the hours of study that goes into it, putting scripture with scripture, and then to, it just to fall on deaf ears. Uh, you know, we, we'd be wasting our time. Uh, but And, and I'm going to say this, uh, hearing young people, you know, teenagers, my heart's always been with teenagers. I, I did youth groups for years and years, and uh, to hear young people. Uh, quote my sermon back and uh i was like hey thank you lord that's what it's all about right there to, to hear i'm gonna tell you i'm proud of you guys that's that's something i've done a lot of youth groups and uh and uh, a lot of times you, you know, go to camp and it's all about the fun and uh, and the games and whatnot but uh but to hear uh that you were there on a sunday night and then to actually take notes i mean that's and and then to let it sink in uh i was sitting there contemplating lord how do you want me to introduce and get things started uh i know the second day of camp is the hardest you guys uh, what, let's see, almost ten o'clock uh uh, first night of camp you're all excited you get there adrenaline's pumping you play soccer and dodgeball or whatever else you guys were doing last night and I know that the the uh, schedule said you guys had to like lights out at like 11 o'clock you know I'm gonna be honest with you I I uh, I left up there and we was out like a light not but I know what it's like you don't go to sleep at 11 o'clock you know the lights might go out but I mean I I know teenagers you know they don't sleep very good but the funny thing is the next morning <laughs> when, I, when I fall asleep early and they're getting up and they're like, their eyes are heavy and everything and uh, I look around, are you tired? Say amen if you're tired. Amen. <laughs> say amen if you're going to stay awake for my sermon this morning. Amen. See, I like that. <laughs> I, uh, um, I'm excited about that. Let me give you a couple of things real quick, a few things uh, to help stay awake on the second day of camp. Uh, number one, say amen. Say amen. Amen. That'll help you say, see, that makes me fired up. It makes you fired up. Enthusiasm breeds enthusiasm. So learn how to say amen. Uh, also, take notes. I see the pens out. That's a good thing. Uh, but then the third thing I want to give you a challenge, and I feel like I'm, I'm preaching to the choir a little bit. Apply it to yourself. Uh, you know, whenever I'm preaching or whoever's preaching up here, uh, what'll help you stay awake is to pay attention to the points, pay attention to what is said, and uh, and and ask yourself, search your heart, Lord, how does this apply to my life, and what can I get out of this? Each and every point. Uh, I want to challenge you on that. My sermon titled this morning. Matter of fact, let me give you the text. Well, let's start off in Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. I want to I want to preach out of the, the 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 camp theme verse this uh, this morning, just to get things started off. Uh, my sermon this morning is the road back to righteousness. The road back to righteousness. I remember years ago when I first started Uh, doing youth groups and planning camp. And and I'm going to say this, uh, hats off to your camp leaders. They did a great job. It's a lot of work. Uh, You you all get the privilege of showing up and and just enjoying it. But there's a lot of work that goes on behind camp. And I remember planning my first one. I was a little bit nervous and and planning it. And I realized you need a lot of volunteers. Praise God for the volunteers. Everything from the cooking to the chasing teenagers around and uh, preparing everything. I, I like good volunteers. And I remember an old preacher told me one time, he said, when you plan an event, whether it's youth camp, uh, tent revivals, or whatever, he said, grab your, gra- and he said this, and it really hit me, and I was new at pastoring, he said, grab your volunteers while they're hot, because they get cold really fast. And, and, and I got to thinking about that, and that kind of hit me. I, uh, I didn't realize that. I've been pastoring, senior pastor since 2010, and youth pastoring for years before that. And I, I've had the privilege of seeing a lot of young people, teenagers, uh, get saved, get baptized, uh, get on fire for the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, I, as, as a pastor, youth pastor, that blesses me. Because we live in an evil world and, a lot, and there's not a lot of teenagers anymore that, that's in love with the Lord. Just so you don't see it. And, uh, and, and, and that's a blessing. But unfortunately, I've seen those get on fire and then I've seen that fire slowly begin to fade as the older they get. And, and youth groups are all the same. I, uh, uh, I, I see uh, it, it's typically this. Uh, when you're about seventh grade and you're hitting youth group age, you're excited to be. I seen it last night. I seen some young ones in there. This is my first year of camp, and they were pumped, and they were excited. And, but then I noticed that as they get older. Uh, all of a sudden, camp's not as much fun. You know, you know oh, we've got to do this again. Oh, oh no, this, we've been doing this ever since I was in seventh grade. I, I heard a preacher do a study uh, with youth. He said 75%, 75% of teens growing up in a good, rock-solid, fundamental Bible-preaching church will fall out as soon as they get out of high school and get into college. Fall out and, and get away from the Lord. Uh, and I'll say this: you guys, you guys are blessed with a rock solid, fundamental Bible-believing church. Lehigh is a good church. Never take that for granted. There's not many left out there today. But uh, I, uh, uh, but 75% fall out. 75 percent that's concerning uh, and I, I and I've seen that many many times as I've been pastoring for years uh, I've been working with youth for years I've seen kids uh, get on fire and and excited going soul-winning uh, getting into their Bible getting on fire for the Lord and then as they get 16 17 18 you start to see that fire go out and then when it's time for them to spread their wings and fly get married go to college do whatever and all of a sudden they just disappear and, and that happens so often and, and I and I wonder what happens because I I, I believe they were saved I, I do believe they called on Christ and got saved but what happened why does young people, why is this always the, the, the thing that, that they get on fire, and as they get older, they just seem to fade away? And, and I want to I wanna talk this morning. I've got, got three things I want to give you. Uh, three warning signs is my, my outline uh, of, of backsliding. Three warning signs of falling back. Uh, but if you've got your Bibles open, let's read our, our text this, uh, this morning. If you're able to stand, please stand uh, in respect to God's Word. He, uh, Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12. I like this verse. Verse 12, sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Father, I pray and ask, Lord, uh, in this few moments as we dig into your word and feed. Uh, Father, I lift these young people up. I'm thankful, Lord. I see their heart. Uh, Lord, I see, I, I see how they are excited about preaching. Lord, I don't see that very often. And Father, I, I do pray first and foremost, Lord, If one of us uh, in the midst are not saved, Lord, if there's any that's not saved and going to heaven, I pray and ask, Lord, that the Holy Spirit for the next few minutes would wear that heart out. And before they leave this place, they would call on you and be saved today. And, Father, I do pray for those that are saved. And, Father, feed them this morning. Lord, help them to grow. Lord, help them not to be one of those statistics that fall out and fall away and fall into the world. And, Father, we'll give you the glory this morning. Thank you for all you've done. You are the great I am. We'll give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated my wife was studying through the book of Judges and she uh she said, "She said, Han, you know, I noticed a cycle with Israel. <laughs> they, said they would they would get into sin, God would bring judgment, and, and 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 then they would get their life right, and then and then they uh, things would be going good, and it isn't very long. All of a sudden, they would fall back into sin again, and this it was this cycle with Israel, the nation of Israel, all through the Old Testament. You see, uh, God's blessing, fall into sin, God's judgment, they get out of sin, and then here they go again. And here in Hosea in chapter ten, just kind of give the context so we understand the context, Israel." again, is one once again, uh, got sin into their lives again. Verse 1, I looked at it, it says they become selfish and self-centered. Boy, that's one, one uh, warning sign of backsliding, uh, not about God, but more about me. Uh, just a quick recap, verse 2, 5, 6, and 8, I noticed they were given over to idol worship. But not just idol worship. They were worshiping God as well. They were, they were wanting the things of the world, but yet they also wanted the things of God. And I was like, boy, that's a, a sign of the times today as well. Verses 4 and v- verse 13, God says they were found liars as well. So you see that they, they had gotten into sin, and Hosea is dealing with that. But the second thing I see here is the result of sin. Verse 1 says they produced nothing with, for God. They were empty vines. You know, they were alive but they weren't producing anything in your life. Boy, you want to see a warning sign? Boy, I could preach like a ton of messages on this. One of the warning signs of, of backsliding away is, oh, yeah, I'm still saved, but I'm producing nothing. Verse 5, they lived in fear. Uh, why? Because they were out of the will of God. I always say this. You want to see the most miserable, scared person Is a born-again Christian that's living in the world. Uh, verse eleven says their life became hard. He say, uh, God says, "Break up these clods." You know that's a farming illustration uh, because life become hard. You know when you I, I, and kind of preaching my sermon a little bit ahead of time. Uh, when you follow God, I just think God's hand is on your life. When you walk away from God and get into sin, it isn't long before uh, the devil comes in and starts tearing your life up. Sin always has consequences. And as I was uh, studying this out, and I'm thinking about the verse here that are camp verse for the week, I got to think about that. I found three warning signs that you're falling away from God. Three warning signs. So I'm going to preach on those this morning. I got a few notes I want to preach on, but uh, number one, let's jump right in. Number one, the first warning sign I see is you're planning the wrong things in your life. You're planning the wrong things in your life. Look down at verse 13. He says, you have plowed wickedness, uh, you have reaped iniquity. Uh, one of the first signs of a, a backsliding, I think, is accepting sin in your life. Yeah, yeah you, you get saved, and you start weeding sin out of your life, and you, you're growing in sanctification, and all of a sudden, you begin to make little exceptions. And here's the thing about planting seeds. You don't just plant one big, giant seed, and all of a sudden, you're falling completely away from the Lord. It's little exceptions in your life, little seeds of sin that begins to pull you uh, away from the Lord, I, uh, I, you know, it, making exceptions. Well, I, I have this standard in my life, and this is what I don't cross, but all of a sudden, one day, you allow that to come into your life. Uh, little sins, a little leaven, though, unfortunately, begins to leaven uh, the whole lump. I heard a story of a preacher. I was watching you boys move the piano. I thought that was funny. I was like, boy, <laughs> they're flexing their muscles, showing off, but uh, but, uh pianos are not light. But uh, I, I heard a story of a preacher. He said uh, he wanted to move the piano to the one side of the church to the other, And uh, and uh, but some of the ladies said, well, no, we don't like that. Some of the fellas said, well, you know, it's always been over on that side of the church. We don't want to move it. But the preacher said, you know what, I got an idea. So what he did, he just kind of moved the piano each week just about an inch. <laughs> you know, nobody noticed. Moved another inch, you know. A year went by, and all of a sudden the piano was over where he wanted it. Nobody noticed. They didn't say a thing, and the preacher got his way. <laughs> you know, he, he was able to get the piano where he wanted it in the church. And that's kind of like what sin is. It don't, you don't just start off with one big, giant sin in your life and start to backslide. It's little exceptions in your life, little things that 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 you uh, you you, may, you allow in your life that kind of move things uh, in the wrong direction. I, I got to thinking about a biblical example, and I think of David and Bathsheba in 2 Samuel chapter 11. It wasn't one big giant sin that came into his life. It was an exception. And it started off on the rooftop, you know, where he was looking at a beautiful woman. And I got to thinking about that as he was up on the rooftop. He made one little exception one little exception, one little line that he said he wouldn't cross, and he crossed that line, he got up on the roof, and that led to adultery, that led to uh, uh, murder, that led to lying, it led to whole... Bu- See, it just started with one little exception in your life. Christian, listen listen to me. Uh, the one sign of uh, of backsliding and falling away from the Lord is when you got standards in your life, and praise God, you ought to have standards. You ought to have biblical standards, even as a young person. Matter of fact, even more so as a young person, because the devil's coming after you your life with all kinds of stuff out in the world. But folks, when you make those standards and you say, well, you know what, it won't hurt if I just... I, I make one little compromise. One little exception. I, you know, I don't listen to that kind of music, but you know, I heard that when I was in the grocery store, and I, I'm going to download that on my phone, and nobody will know. Just one song. I mean, that's not going to hurt, you know. I, I, I don't watch that kind of stuff on the internet or, or them kind of movies, Or I, but you know what? I heard, my friends, that that's kind of a good movie. I'm going to make this one little exception, and folks, let me tell you something. One little exception will lead to more exceptions, more exceptions. You know what? I go to church all the time, but you know what? Missing a Sunday evening every once in a while it's, isn't that bad you know it's playoffs and i want to watch you know the eagles lose you know yeah yeah, yeah. i'm from raven's country anyway Thank you. <laughs> anyway where was i going with that yeah yeah one little exception. I'll miss Sunday. And the next thing you know, I've just seen it happen. One little exception leads to more exceptions in your life. You're planning the wrong things in your life. You're making decisions. Uh, What's the remedy to that? Verse 12, God says this, sow to yourselves in righteousness. That's the remedy to sow things in your life that's righteous, right in God's eyes. Uh, instead of planting wickedness in your life, look at your life. Remember I said in the beginning of the sermon, examine your life. Don't allow these little exceptions, but allow the things that God wants in your life. Uh, let me read you Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, 8. You probably know this one. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, in his, uh, uh, soweth that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh, of his flesh, shall reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit, shall of the spirit reap everlasting life. I, I got to thinking about the laws of sowing and reaping. Uh, you can write these down. These are little subpoints. Number one, you, uh, you reap what you sow. I mean, this is just obvious. You don't you don't uh, uh, plant poison ivy in your garden. Expect to reap tomatoes. You know, you're going to plant what you are. You're going to reap what you sow. That's just the laws of sowing and reaping. I, it, uh, me and my wife, we moved into the parsonage at the church and was able to plant a garden for the first time. And uh, and I was excited. I, I haven't done a garden in a while. Uh, but can you imagine this: if I I went out in the garden and and uh, and I came back in and I, and I said, Hon, I I don't understand it. Every time I go in the garden to pick tomatoes, I." Come back with 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 a rash and I'm itching all over and uh, and she said well did you plant tomatoes like no I, I didn't plant tomatoes but she goes well how do you expect you to get tomatoes if you don't plant tomatoes I, I don't know she said, well did you get cucumbers like no I, I didn't plant any cucumbers so what did you plant well I planted some poison ivy over here <laughs> and I planted some poison oak over here and now it's all grown up and I don't. yeah you'd say well you're a fool you don't you're not going to reap what you what you don't sow and you you are going to reap what you did sow Christian let me tell you something. In your life what you plant in your life is what you're going to reap that's what you're going to get that way you know you can't plant carnal things in your life and make these little exceptions and expect to see the blessings of God it's just the laws of reaping and sowing i think of king david i use him again as an example he planted sin in his life and what did he reap he reaped destruction hurt all through his life uh, the bible says god's not mocked And, boy, I'll tell you, whether you're young or old, I've seen all, everybody thinks they can beat the system with God. They always think, well, I can sow a little bit here, and I can sow a little bit there, and it won't make any difference in your life. But, boy, uh, just like the laws of nature, you're going to reap exactly what you sow. Second thing I see here is you reap more than what you sow. I did some research. Uh, One kernel of corn... When you plant it on the stalk, you get two ears. Okay, I thought that was kind of neat. That's what they say. Uh, and each ear averages about 800 kernels. So that means one you plant one corn, <laughs> and then you get, what, let's say, 1,600 kernels. So you always reap more than what you sow. And, folks, let me tell you something. Sin will always take you farther than what you wanted to go. It always, always does. People think they're going to just play around with sin, and maybe God will uh, turn a blind eye for a while. But I'm going to tell you, you always, always reap what you sow. I can guarantee. If you know the story of King David when he went up on that rooftop, I bet he didn't think it was going to be any more than just a look. But boy, did he reap way more than so. Matter of fact, it just didn't affect his life. It affect Uriah's life. It affected Bathsheba as well. That sin just went all over the place. He got way more than what he had bargained for. I, I, and I, I, you know, but if you sow right. Righteousness, and just like if you sow sin, you're going to get more back. When you sow righteousness in your life, teenager, listen to me, you get way more back. <laughs> I, I, I well, stop right there. Say Amen. So I, got, amen. there you go. Got to make sure they're still awake. You know, <laughs> you get way more back. I found in my life. And I found this over and over again in my testimony. Uh, the more I give God... Now, I'm not a health and wealth preacher by any means, but I just see the blessings of God. I see it. And, and, I, and I look at my life, and I think about... I didn't, you heard my testimony last night. I didn't grow up and to uh, to church all the time. I didn't even know what a youth group was until I was older and got into church. I never heard of that. Uh, and I look back at my life and, and see that I've surrendered to God, and I've given Him everything that i got. any Anytime He calls me to preach, I go... I just see the blessings of God, you know. And what I plant, He gives me way more back. You know, uh, I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough, if you would to ask me, 25 years ago, you're going to be pastoring a church, I'd have laughed at you. Or <laughs> You're going to be uh, preaching at you service, I'd have laughed at you. But God's blessed me in a tremendous way. I get to do that. I get to be here with you guys. Praise God. Some of you say, well, big deal. <laughs> For me, it's a blessing. Amen. You always reap more than what you sow. Number three, uh, you reap in a different season than you sow. You reap in a different season. You plant in spring, you always harvest in summer or fall. You don't just plant it and all of a sudden it jumps out of the ground. It, it, it comes in a different season. Uh, and again, I'll, I'll, I'll look at David's sin again. You know, I bet that night when, when the sin was done, I bet he went home and think everything was absolutely fine. But you know something? One thing, the, the devil's called the accuser of the brethren in the Bible. And the one thing I found out about the devil, he's horrible at keeping secrets. <laughs> he, he just, he just likes, to, he likes to keep it a secret until you cross the line. Then when you cross the line, that's when he likes to blow things out of proportion and, and, and tell on you. And that's what he does. You yeah, uh, yeah you always reap in a different season. You plant sin. Sin will always come back and bite you. Oh, but when you plant righteousness in your life, you get into the Word of God more. You weed out the stuff in, in, in your life, and you begin to plant the things of God, that's when you begin to see the blessings of God. Young people, let me say this. One of the sure signs. Now, again, remember I said you're examining yourself through the sermon. Look at your life. And I want to challenge you this morning. Look at your life. Look back how you was when you were seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, or maybe younger. Look back at your life and say, do I see my life growing in the right direction towards Lord? What I'm saying is, do, am I as excited about Bible study? Am I excited about about going to church? Am I still excited about, uh, about about getting fed the Word of God, singing the songs, which was an absolute blessing this morning? Do you like that? Is, or do you see yourself making little exceptions, uh, little exceptions, uh, stepping away from the Word, not reading your Bible quite as much, not desiring to come to church quite as much? Yeah, and, and that, That's the challenge. Look at your life. If you see your life slowly beginning to make exceptions, allow things to come into your life that shouldn't be there, and pushing away the things of God, that is a sure sign that you're falling away from the Lord. Number two, let's move on. Number two, your heart is hard toward the things of God. Your heart is hard towards the things of God. Uh, Verse 12 says, break up your follow ground. Now, I got to think of what is followed ground. Followed ground is unplanted, uncultivated ground. Uh, It's it's very difficult to get a seed into it. Uh, Matthew chapter 13, Jesus talks about that in verse 18, 19. He says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower, in verse 19 says, When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth the way that which is sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. Uh, the wayside or the fallow ground, that's that's where like when the farmer's walking in and as he's walking in, he's planting seeds over here in the good stuff. But this side here has been all trampled down. It's packed down. And maybe some seeds fell down out of his pouch and it landed on the hard ground and uh, and it just didn't soak into the soil. That's, that's wayside or fallow ground. And then, of course, as the, as the parable goes, uh, the birds came and gathered them up. Uh, and that's kind of what the devil does when our hearts. When our hearts are hard, they don't soak up the things of God. And it just kind of lays on the surface. And, boy, the devil loves to pull that away as soon as he can. When, you're gra- when, you're, when your heart is hard, I'm, let me use an illustration uh, of, a, of a hard heart. Uh, uh, we, got, uh, in our, we do a lot of soul weighing in our church. And uh, we hand out tracks, and we and we love to go out. And I got people who goes out all through the week, and they leave tracks all over the place. And and randomly, it makes people aggravated. I don't understand why. I I, I kind of do, but but I and once in a while, I get a, a call on the church answer machine of somebody not happy. And I got a call from a guy one time, and uh, and and I went in. I'm checking the answer machine. I'm listening, and uh, and he said, I just want to let you know that uh, uh, I was in the BJ's bathroom, and on one of the toilet seats, there was a track from your church and I just want to call and tell you stop doing that and uh, and I normally just like let these things go, and I just I just want to be a little little so I he, he's his number was on the machine, <laughs> so I called him back. <laughs> I said, "Yeah, this is Pastor Reese from State Line Baptist Church." I said, "Yeah, uh, you left a message," and and he was nervous as could be. And uh, he said, "Yeah, I just want to let you know." He said, "I I that uh, that track that you know I I'm often in that bathroom." I thought he worked there. He wasn't. He was just going to the bathroom. <laughs> he was just and and that track of this little piece of paper about this big, said, where would you be if you died right now, the gospel presentation, all it was, it bothered him, I mean, it absolutely bothered him, so much so, that he took it, it, it threw it away, before he threw it away, he wrote down the church's phone number, and had to take the time to call the church and complain about that, so I said, you don't work there, he said, no, I said, well, I'll do my best, but yeah, you know, of course, we, somebody went out there, put some more out there, but anyway, yeah, (laughs) but, uh, but what happened? See, the problem was his heart was so hard, that gospel seed didn't get anywhere. That gospel seed laid right on the surface. And what the devil did, he came by and, and, he, and he pulled it up. And maybe you're here this morning. And, and I hope you're getting something out of the message. I hope you got something out uh, of the uh, uh, of the music. I thought the music was absolutely awesome. And uh, and maybe God's going to put something in your heart, and I hope he does. And, and maybe there's something where, where the preaching may step on your toes a little bit. But if your heart's hard, it's not going to sink in. And what you get out of here... When you walk out of here, the devil's going to just pull it right out and not, not let it sink in. Your heart's hard. Let me read you Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-six. He says, A new heart also will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away your stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. See, a stony heart God can't work with. He can't do much with, but a heart of flesh, that's a sensitive heart to the things of God. That's a sensitive heart to the preaching, to the singing of God. A sure sign that a Christian has fallen away from God is is his heart is no longer sensitive to the things of God. Christian, how's your heart? Young people, how's your heart to the things of God? I jotted down just a couple examples. Uh, For me, it kind of hit me. Uh, I, I believe a sensitive heart weeps for souls. They really do for people that are lost and on their way to hell. Uh, you, you, you heard my testimony last night, and before I was saved, I was playing in bars and, and as a lead guitar player in a rock band, and I was around a lot of lost people, a lot of lost people. Uh, and, 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 and I remember looking in their eyes, and it never bothered me about where they might spend eternity. Never thought about it. I was on my way to hell at that time. Didn't think about it. Uh, but, folks, let me tell you something. When I got saved, man, that all changed. That really did I, I don 't see this is that new creature that's inside is you get sensitive for souls because I believe that book and I believe all the things that Jesus said and the Bible says about about, about hell and and I've got loved ones and I 've got friends and i 've got uh, people I've never met when he goes soul winning that are going to die and go to that place and and that's uh, you know when your heart is sensitive toward God, your heart just naturally going to be sensitive uh, uh, toward, toward, toward souls and, and and I just get excited when people get saved. I really do. When I hear about a young person getting saved, or, I, we had a play at our church, and uh, I'm a horrible actor, just horrible. And uh, and uh, and my buddy Andrew, he's a horrible actor too, and uh, and we and we got parts in the play, and uh, and and the, and the play was about this this guy who broke into a church and he stole a bunch of money out of the church, but a track accidentally got, I guess, into the money or something, and he got under conviction as he read the track, and he started coming to church. Nobody knew he was the robber, and uh, and and he just starts coming, and this how the play goes. He gets to the end and he uh he realizes he, he needs to be saved and Andrew was the was the was the robber and he come in and I remember I was already dead I had like one line. That's all they would give me. And um uh, <laughs> my line was done and I'm I'm in the backstage and I'm watching up as Andrew is coming down to the end of the play and uh, and he gets saved you know that's how the play goes and he walks into church and he bows his head and, and Andrew's a horrible actor he's as bad as me and I'm back here and I got tears coming out of my eyes and it's just a play and it, you know but he got saved you know and and it was just a play but it just it just reflected on me uh, how many people in my life that 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 need to be saved I, I got a cousin She's uh, about my age. She's in her 50s, and uh, uh, she was hanging around us when we were in the bars, and I've been praying for my family since I got saved, and, uh, and as I preached last night, they were watching me. They've been watching my preaching. They don't say a whole lot. they just kind of uh, in, in the background, and her name is Peanut. And about a year ago, she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and it didn't look good, and uh, it was all through her, and, uh, and we started praying for her. And, uh, and she knew the church was praying for her, and it made a big impact on her life. Uh, what was amazing, we've seen God's hand move, and, and she, uh, uh, in, in more ways, not just physically, we've seen the cancer begin to back up a lot. And, uh, and it's just disappeared out of her liver, out of her pancreas, out of her lungs. It just kind of all went away. And, and everybody's like, the doctor's like, you're my miracle child. And, and you know what she did? And, and she wasn't saved. She goes, this, that was God. <laughs> she said, that was God. And, and I was like, I'm rejoicing because now all of a sudden, this, this, uh, my cousin who used to hang around us and do all the stuff we used to do before we were saved, is now her eyes are getting open. And, uh, and, and, and this past Sunday, she came to church, and, uh, and she raised her hand at the altar call. I was like, yes, that's what it's all about. That's, that's, that's the excitement. Young people, let me ask you this. How is your heart for souls? Yeah, you don't have to be 56 like me to have a heart for souls. Matter of fact, you probably got more lost friends around you than what I got. How's your heart for them? Do you, uh, and here's, here's the self examination Are they in your prayers? Do you, I bet we all got cousins and family that need Jesus. Are you praying for them? If you're not praying for them, I got to ask you, where's your heart? You know, a sensitive heart weeps for souls. Uh, another thing kind of hit me a sensitive heart hears the voice, is sensitive to the voice of God through preaching through the word of God. Whenever the, the word of God is preached, does it move in your heart? Do, when, you, when you study the word of God, does it move in your heart? Are you right now being convicted? Are you right now hearing from God? Or are you thinking about what's going to happen as soon as we get done here? You know, it, uh, see, see th- these are the signs of possibly uh, uh, falling away from God, maybe fall, backsliding. And, and, and uh, let me read you 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 2. It's some prophecy. It says, Now in the Spirit speaketh expressly that in latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy. And I like this. It says, Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. That's an illustration of a conscience that's just gotten callous to the things of God. You know, I remember when I was a kid, uh, I uh, uh, was playing with a milk jug, and uh, Dad had a campfire, and and uh, I was a little bit of a pyro when I was a kid. Just anything anything would burn, I'd throw in the fire. And, uh, and I took that milk jug, and I kind of put it in a fire, and I was like, I was amazed at how that, I was holding it by the hand. It was one of the plastic milk jugs. I was amazed at how that thing was burning. I was looking at it, but what I didn't see was inside the jug, all that hot, melted plastic was forming a big bowl at the bottom, and I was like, this is so neat, you know. I'm looking up, but then it burnt through the jug, and it came down it just went all down my hand and (laughs) it screamed oh my goodness and uh uh, and uh, as it healed i noticed it took forever for the nerves to come back i couldn't feel anything for the longest time on my hand right here because of that that hot plastic and and i think that's a good illustration of a heart that's kind of separated from god and kind of uh backslided just a little away from god i asked you this morning are you sensitive to the things of god are you sensitive to what God has, has, has for you? And if you're here this morning and, and it, souls don't bother, you're not sensitive to the Word of God, you're not sensitive to the preaching of God, what's the remedy? And, and let me give you, here's some sub points. First, repentance is a big thing. Repentance is, is change your mind is what that means. Look at your sin and look at your backsliding away from God. That's the first step. Number two, confession. First John 1.9 says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Look at your sins the way it is. Confess it. And th- three, pray for a hunger. Pray for hunger. Ask God to give you that hunger back. That, I, I just kind of threw that in uh, uh, real quick right here as we're closing up. Let's move on. Number three, the last thing, the last sign. The last sign that you are maybe falling away from God, you're losing your interest in the things of God. You're losing your interest in the things of God. Look down again at verse 12. It says, it is time to seek the Lord. It is time to seek the Lord. Uh, I looked it up. Uh, uh, Seek means to go in search of, for a quest, to look for something, to search for something, uh, to be hunger for something. I um, used an illustration. A good buddy of mine, his name was Timmy, he was uh, uh, in the youth group. I loved him to death years ago. One thing about Timmy in the youth group I used to love to watch is his love for fried chicken. (laughs) boy could he eat some fried chicken you <laughs> know he would go into another world when you drop chicken in front of him uh he would i, I remember sitting beside him and we would, we were eating and i had i had a drumstick and a thigh and he had like a half a chicken beside him and uh and and he just went into like devouring chicken mode and uh and he was making noises i don't even want to repeat in front of you sound like a vacuum cleaner and uh and i'm gonna tell you the boy, I love him to death. He cleaned every bone off. There was—I'm not even sure if there was even that stuff at the end of the bone. There, he even got that off. There was no crust left on the plate. I mean, he just ate it all. And he looks over at me. I was like, "Whoa, yeah. <laughs> you had your own." You know, he was hungry. Yeah, you know? and he said, Grow Teenagers eat. Good night to eat. You know, when you want to do a good camp games, Bible preaching, and food. That's all you need. Amen. It's simple. They say a guy, amen right in the front there. You know, yeah, they like to eat. And, you know, you know I, I know my testimony Use as an illustration. When I got saved, I got that kind of hungry for the things of the Lord. I, I did, and I didn't have it before. That's, a, that's that new creature. Uh, I, I don't want to go over my testimony again, but I'm going to tell you, when I got saved, I got hungry to find my place in God's kingdom. I really did. I knew there was a kingdom he was preparing, and I knew uh, I, I had to plug into the local church. I knew I had to find my. I got hungry for that stuff. Never, never had that before I got saved. I, I got hungry for the Word of God. I was. I remember jumping into to the Book of Matthew. And you're looking at a guy I didn't grow up in church. I remember when I first taught Sunday school. Third graders are miserable, and uh, and I taught third graders, and I, and 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 I and I didn't know the Bible. I just, but I had to serve God. I had to find my way, and I was preaching are teaching on the prophets of Baal. I didn't know what it was. I called the prophets of Baal. I didn't know how to spell that name. And I remember this little smart, alecky third grader said, it's Baal, you know. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. But I didn't grow up. But I got hungry. I wanted to know what the word of God. I never wanted to know what prophecy was. I said, are we going to die and just float around on a white motor scooter up there or something? What are we going to... I didn't know. I didn't know. And I wanted to know this stuff. Here I'm 30 years old and I'm just hungry for the word of God. I'm just d- diving into it. I was hungry for for souls to be saved. I don't understand what happened, but I know inside of me, I'd sit at McDonald's and look at that guy. I wonder like, if he's saved, you know, and I never, you know, I knock on doors, and and, and and that's exciting to me. I like that. You know, I got hungry for my rewards in heaven. That was a big thing for me, that I knew one day I'm going to stand before Jesus Christ, and I and here I am in my th- early 30s, late 20s at that time, and I'm just wanting to store up rewards for Jesus Christ, and, and I'm, a, young people, let me tell you something. I got saved around, I'm going to guess around 24, 25 years old. I didn't get my wheels rolling really until I hit 30, and then I just got surrendered for God. And I, one, one regret, and I don't want to preach a sermon that i got coming up, one regret is that I didn't start at your age. That's what I regret. But I got hungry. Christian, I'm going to ask you this. Take a look at your life. What are you interested in? What are you hungry for on a daily basis? Look, just back the clock up just the last week or two. What is, what, where is your passions at? Now, we all have hobbies. I understand that, especially the boys. They're hobby interested in football and all that junk, you know, <laughs> Ravens. Amen. Now, uh, <laughs> but what are you really hungry for? What do you wake up desiring See, where your, where your heart is, there will your treasures be. I, let, 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 do you crave the Bible, do you, or, or do you rarely open it? Do you seek God's will, or do you rarely give any will, God's will any thought in your life? Let me read you what Paul says. He says in Philippians 3.10, let me read you this. He says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. Now, that was the apostle Paul. I I mean, the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, and he wasn't satisfied where he was at. He said, I want to know him more. I want, I want more of him. I want, to, I want to feel the power that he's got in my life. That's what I want, young people. Let me ask you: this. Where's your passion? Have you lost the hunger uh, for God? Where is? It, I, I believe, and I got this from Brother Doug Hammond. watching one of his sermons years ago. Sanctification is 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 is, a, is set apart for a process to be made holy. I love that that talk, and it's a process. It's a moving forward, and I don't believe uh, as uh, that you ever get stale. You're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. I just don't believe that you just, well, I've reached some pinnacle, and I'm good. I'm just going to just level out here because, because an idle life is the devil's playground, and that's when you're going to begin to move backwards. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to challenge you this morning. Are you hungry? Is your hunger growing each and every day? So I'm going to close with this. I, I think the, a valuable lesson that I got from this is to look at your life and see which direction your heart is going. I love the theme of camp this year. I love that. That, that, that you know, it's about, it's the heart. It's the heart. And, and, and examine your life. Look inside your heart and ask yourself, where am I going with my life? What does God have planned for my life? Am I hungry for the things of God? Am I going in the right direction? Or in my heart, am I slowly starting to fade back? Let me ask you one more question. I'm preaching. I, the sermon this morning, I, was, I wrote to Christians. But maybe you're here this morning and you're not saved. you got to start there. That's where you start. And, and, and I, I'm going to close here just a minute and give a little bit of an invitation. But, but, but remember that what I preached on when it, on the wayside ground? I hope this morning you're here. And if you're lost, I hope you're, it, something's soaked into the ground something soaked in and maybe today be the day where you would call on christ maybe you're here this morning and and your life is starting to go in the wrong direction maybe you're 16 17 you feel yourself becoming a statistic a challenge you don't be a statistic you got a great church you got a great pastor you got great youth leaders man bury yourself in your church submerge yourself in the word of god and watch god be a blessing in your life